Welcome back to the Fala. This is the Fufola Lefala podcast where we weave together stories of queer and trans Pacific Islanders from across Oceania. On today's podcast, we are going to share about the life of Mavis Mulitalo, who found success in unexpected places and despite her age, remains the longest running Fafafina pageant competitor in her street. Come on, queen. <laughs> Fofola Lefala is a monthly podcast produced by Utopia Washington with stories written by Marian Malena and I am your host Donato Fatuesi. Y'all, it is now time to unfold your mat. This is the story about a Fafafina named Mavis, a memoir. For well over 30 years, Mavis Mulitalo, also known as Mavis Connery, has been turning heads with her six-inch Cinderella glass heels, big frizzy hair, and infectious personality. Mavis is an extrusive figure in the Samoan Fafafine community. Ah, there were times when the opportunity eluded me because I didn't have a college education or a socially accepted background, but it never held me back, she said. So Mavis was born in 1970 in Samoa, and at just six years old, her family moved to American Samoa and made it their home for the next nine years. When two of her aunties became Faletua, or pastor's wives, her family relocated to Apia to assist them with the ministry. And for most of her life, Mavis grew up around the church scene. While her parents have always embraced Mavis, back in Apia, she was raised primarily by her grandparents in a strict and traditional household. Ooh. My grandfather was a very dominant and stern person, Mavis recalls. E, he was the kind of man that will only tell you something once. If he repeats, you will surely feel his wrath. I would never dare show my feminine side in his presence. At school, I'll enjoy all the freedom I can. Once I'm home, I am but a statue. Any obvious sign of my fafafine being, I will get a beating. Her grandmother, however, always came to her rescue. If he was beating her up, she would lay on top of Mavis to stop him. She found herself constantly running back in the safe space of her parents, but her dad's only advice is that Mavis kept her focus on school. In later years, her grandfather began to show signs of dementia and was unable to recognize faces anymore. We didn't know what it was at the time, she says. But I'd face him every day, and he would ask who I was, who my parents are, where I'm from. So sometimes I would tell him a pretend female name, and he would go along with it. He was never accepting of me when he was well, but those last moments with him brought us so much peace. 
After graduating from Samoa College in 1988, Mavis found several work opportunities in Apia, working at a credit union, as a telephone operator, and as a court reporter. However, she realized the pay wasn't enough for her to sustain a life. And back in 1990, she moved to find better opportunities in American Samoa. While waiting for the system to process her ID, Mavis found work under the table at a bustling bingo hall run by a well-known politician couple. Y'all, she was paid $250 a week, but many folks who frequent bingo games would give her tips and she'd come home with a whopping $200 or more just on nightly tips. The amount of money she made selling bingo packages, according to Mavis, was unequaled to anything she ever made. She wound up working there for eight solid years. And with the money she earned, she opened a small shop in Salua Fata and another at the flea market in Apia. E, I bought and shipped everything from Pango. So every two weeks, I flew to Apia to replenish the items I needed. With the bingo work, I was able to care for my family single-handedly. Fast forward to 1997. A plane en route from Pango to Apia crashed, killing three passengers due to bad weather conditions. Only two survived. Mavis was booked to be on that flight, and she recalls the circumstances in vivid detail. I was to be in Apia for a wedding that same day, but my dress wasn't ready on time. And by the time I got to the airport, I was too late and couldn't board the flight. I was so mad I started cussing at the customer agent. He was able to schedule me on the next flight, but while waiting at the airport, news arrived about that plane. I was originally booked for, crashed. I was bewildered for days. I mean, I survived a flood, a car accident, and there were so many other instances I should not have survived. But I've been given so many chances. And I always go back to how devout I was in church from a young age even till now. There's a reason for everything. And surely it was God's presence that saved me and it was my saving grace. The Fafafina experience in Samoa is heavily associated with drag pageantry. And for the modern age Fafafina, many had been involved in organizing or competing in a pageant. 
Since 1990, Mavis has been a fixture in Fafafine pageant in both Samoa and American Samoa, and there was nothing stopping her. After a decade of competition, she finally won Miss Sophia's in 2002. I've competed in every pageant there was back then, she said. Now, there's just one, but in those days, churches, even rugby teams had pageants. And some of the organizers tried to stop me after doing it for so long, they got tired of me. I really didn't care about winning. It was adulation and thrill. I reveled in it. If they allowed me to compete even after winning, I'd do it all over again. I'll never get tired of it. Girl, as a seasoned queen, do you feel Fafafina pageants are better today than they were in the past? We asked. Uh, It's very different, she spoke. Then, we had over 10, sometimes 20 contestants competing. Now... We barely make it to five. It's very high standards and intimidating now. Back then, everyone competed because we wanted to be celebrities. (laughs) Now it's politicized and serious. So much is expected. It's expensive for most girls to live up to it. I miss the good old days. In American Samoa, Mavis's role in the Fafafina community has retired from pageant queen to an honorary advisor. I'm one of the few older Fafafine who is still active in organizational work. I wish more of our elders would join, but I understand they have lives of their own too. So many young, Fafa, young Fafafine are visible today. They need our guidance and support. Mavis has had her fair share of romantic relationships, which she has always been open and public about. I'm currently seeing someone, she shared. (laughs) We met on Facebook, and he's much younger. But every time I go to visit him, his family treats me like a queen. Mavis was employed with the tuna canning industry for over 20 years as a safety and security supervisor. Now, the tuna factory workers are the pillars and lucrative force of American Samoa's economy. But the soaring cost of living forced one of the two tuna factories to take their business out of the island in 2010. And when the factory closed and transitioned into a new one, Mavis continued to work there until they closed as well. One day, she was surfing online to purchase a new phone and came across an advertisement for a safety and security job with Astica, the government-owned telephone company in American Samoa. And she applied and was hired on the spot. (laughs) 
I'm grateful in my working career, even if it's a menial job. I never really struggled. I've been very blessed with opportunities. I know it has a lot to do with my personality. I've always been very friendly and gracious to people, and that has always found its way back to me in blessings. As her birthplace, Apia's economy continues to thrive in tourism and commodification as compared to Pango, though Mavis still prefers to live in American Samoa. I've tried living in Hawaii and New Zealand too, but it wasn't for me. I built a life here and have everything here. Every time my mom visits, she's amazed that everywhere we go, people young and old will say hi, wave and honk their horns. (laughs) If you treat people with kindness and respect, it will be returned to you. My mom still lives in Apia, and that is the reason I go back and forth. If I retire, I plan to stay here. Most of my life has been in Tutuila. This is my home now. Mavis, however, has no plans to retire soon. Her dream is to continue her pageant career, which she is doing by planning a comeback for the Miss Samoa Fafafine pageant in Apia Samoa. Now, it will make Mavis the longest-running Fafafine pageant competitor in her street. <laughs> I wish to keep competing until I no longer can wear my glass heels. I'll proudly say I'm 53 years old. I have no shame in my age. I embrace it all and not a lot of folks can say that. That makes me Mavis. Okay, come on, Queen Mavis Connery. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I do also want to take a moment to honor the memories of Operating Captain Colin Sidney Piper, also known as Gus, and the two passengers, P. Laupola and T. Nickel, whose lives were lost that fateful day on January 8th, 1997, in that fatal um, airplane crash. And thank you all for joining us on the Fala. What a wonderful story it was to hear from Mavis about her experience, her lived experience, as well as being able to celebrate that even at 54, Come on, you can still be a beauty queen after decades, right? Um, I think that is truly beautiful. I do also, you know, recognize that the culture of Fafafina pageantry and competition, as she discusses in the story, being super competitive is real. And that much of the very high standards that we've created and really become accustomed to now does have a certain level of intimidation that I feel that 
you know, a lot of folks accept, um, but doesn't have to be our reality. You know, I certainly recall the days where, you know, folks competed with whatever, you know, little that they had or the resources that they had available to them. Um, and so, you know, it's interesting for me to just kind of reflect on, you know, how much, you know, times have changed. Um, but, you know, I definitely love that we are seeing a much more highly visible Fafafine community and younger folks that, you know, exist in their beauty and their, you know, vitality, their vivaciousness, um, and that we have a responsibility to those babies as well. <laughs> um, and just also reflecting on what it's like to have a relative in the family that, you know, can suffer from dementia. And, you know, despite the hardship that Mavis faced with some of the physical abuse, that, you know, some of the the last memories that she has with her grandfather, that those times sounds like, you know, a beautiful way to kind of end their, you know, relationship with um, her grandfather. So thank you so much, Mavis. You know, I'm also really happy to hear and see that you found love in your life. Um Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I'm eager to hear from folks at home any of your thoughts as well. Please feel free to share this podcast or, you know, reach out to us in our DMs. Um, if there's any other queer or trans Pacific Islander that you'd like us to dive into, you know, or if that person is you, if you feel like, you want to tell your story on this platform, we'd love to invite you. All right, y'all. That is the podcast for today. <laughs> Thank you all so much again for tuning in. Like and subscribe. Do the follow thing. You know, we've been experiencing a lot of growth here and we want to continue that. So till next time, it is now time to fold your mats. <laughs>